We are glad to have Sarah Boswell in our pulpit this morning. Uh, She is a native of Claremont, California. As a young child, uh, she spent a few years in Turkey with her missionary parents and her sister Lauren. Izmir, Turkey remains one of her spiritual homes. Sarah graduated from Lake Forest College in Illinois, where she met her future husband. Thank goodness. She is a mother of two daughters, one of which is here, Renee Boswell, who most of you know. Um, Sarah has been a member of All Souls for about 23 years and has served the church uh, on the board and um, has sung in our choir. Anyway, Sarah, thank you for speaking to us today. Good morning. I will say, giving birth without anesthesia was easier process than preparing for this service. (laughs) This has been a process, kind of, but it's been a great process. Anyway, um, it it has evolved. Um, And it, it, it... I, I loved watching those war movies, um, and actually my favorite one is um, uh, Wind Talkers, about the um, Navajo Indian service men. Veterans Day is the day our country has set aside to stop our daily busyness, to be still, to remember, to honor, and to appreciate the members of our community who have served and who are serving in the military. Whether they are drafted or they volunteer, our soldiers put themselves in harm's way for what we, their community, believe in. They do what we have asked them to do through our elected representatives. We have counted on their youthful strength, optimism, loyalty, and trust. So to all the men and women in the service of our country and to all those who have served in the past, we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've taken the precious years of your life, left your family, some have left your children, your spouses, you've left everything familiar, you've gone wherever they've sent you, you've been willing to put yourself in harm's way. Thank you. For many years, our congregation and our denomination has been concerned about the death toll of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you'll find in one of your inserts the number of deaths so far of the American soldiers in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan 
So far, the death toll is 6,636. I was deeply disturbed by a report in the May 20, 2012 issue of Newsweek that on average, one active duty and 17 veterans commit suicide every day. That means that the number of soldiers who have died by their own hand in one year is now estimated to be greater than the number who have died in combat in Afghanistan and Iraq in 10 years. And that's in an, um, an article by Anthony Swafford in the May 20th issue of Newsweek. There was an excellent um, series of interviews uh, done by PBS in their frontline show called A Soldier's Heart. And if you go to pbs.org slash frontline and search, um, put in the search box heart, um, the full article of, uh, title of the article is called The Impact of Killing and How to Prepare Soldiers. And there are a lot of segments to the show, but if you, um, one, one section, they interviewed mental health experts who work with soldiers. And basically what they said is that or part of what they said, is that we're good at training soldiers how to go to war, but basically we're closing our eyes and turning away from helping soldiers come home from war. In some countries, on the other hand, and, and our, our children's story this morning was, was about this, um, uh, in some countries, people have developed compassionate methods for helping soldiers transition out of the role of soldier and integrate back into the community. Um, Jack Cornfield, who some of you may know is an American Buddhist master, recounts the story of Japanese soldiers who had been stationed on Jungle Island so remote that 10 or 15 years after World War II, they still had not heard that the war had ended. However, people living in the area had the wisdom to handle the matter with great respect anytime one of these soldiers were spotted. First contact was always made very carefully. Someone who had been a high-ranking Japanese officer during the war would take his old uniform and his samurai sword out of the closet would take an old military boat across the waters to the area where the lost soldier had been sighted, and the officer would walk through the jungle, calling out for the soldier until he was found. When they met, the officer, with tears in his eyes, would thank the soldier for his loyalty and courage in continuing to defend his country for so many years. Then he would ask him about his experiences and welcome him back. Only after some time would the soldier gently be told that the war was over and his country was at peace again, so he would not have to fight anymore. And when he reached home, the soldier would be given an honorable welcome, celebrating his arduous struggle and his return to and reunion with his people. What's moving to me about this story is that his community sensed, their community sensed what the soldiers needed. 
and found a way to bring them home. When I was in junior high, my best friend's brother went to Vietnam. She and I had been best friends for five years, but by junior high, we drifted apart. So I wasn't there for her as a friend to support her or her parents when he went to Vietnam. He was a Marine with the 1st Battalion, 13th Artillery Regiment. He was a gunner. His regiment was assigned to Quezon shortly before the 77-day siege began. He was there for the entire siege. By the time he got home, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Civilian life held few opportunities and very little support. Five years after his return, he was at a party where someone started giving him a hard time about having served in Vietnam and called him a baby killer and other things. He decided he needed to get away for a while, and he asked his boss at the gas station for time off, hopped on his motorcycle, and headed up to Sequoia National Forest to spend some time away from things. He found a campsite just outside the National Forest, and on his first night there, all the local sheriff's department knows is that he was hit on the head with a rock and his body was tossed in the river. Thirty-five years and his family still doesn't know what happened. But I know I wasn't there for his family. And I wasn't there for his funeral. My parents and my grandparents had the intelligence and the maturity to know that any disagreement with the war in Vietnam needed to be directed at legislators and our political institutions, not at our soldiers? Why didn't my family help interrupt hurtful criticism of soldiers that was happening on such a large societal scale at that time? This haunts me. This haunts me. We should have the wisdom in our society to, to interrupt that kind of thing, and we didn't. In Japan, they were doing it. Because there's no draft any, right now, and only 1% of our society joins the military right now, for most of us, our lives are not personally affected by what happens to our soldiers in the way it was during Vietnam. But in view of the suicide rate, I think our soldiers need us to realize that all of us are their community and their support system. While they're away and after they get back, all of us are their boots on the ground at home. I think we have a moral obligation to do whatever it takes to back them up. We can start by insisting that our elected representatives support full funding for veterans' benefits, for mental health, 
rehabilitation, disability benefits, rural clinics, and quick transition into civilian jobs. I think we have a responsibility to insist that our citizens and legislators not just wave flags and sing patriotic songs, but have the courage to help integrate our soldiers into the next stage of life. I think our religious institutions and our government have ignored ancient wisdom about what comes after a soldier's stage of life, after the soldier stage of life. What happens when a soldier's work is done and it's time to come home? How do we help our soldiers make that transition? In his book, The Odyssey, Homer used his character Odysseus to tell us that coming home from war is much more than a short trip home. It took Odysseus 10 years to make it home to Ithaca from the Trojan War. He underwent many trials on his way home. Recovery from war is a process. Honor the process. Like the, well, the healer in the children's story, there was a healer who gave advice to the wife um, to be patient with the process. Like Odysseus, soldiers may be healing with nightmarish cyclops dreams. They may fall into the abyss of drugs or alcohol like falling prey to the lotus eaters, or they may fall under the seductive spell of Calypso, or they may have to negotiate treacherous stretches of life between the tension, where the tension between goals and obstacles resemble the dangers of the Straits of Scylla and Charybdis. The hazards are many, the casualties are high. Odysseus only survives because the goddess Athena stands by his side patiently, going to bat for him with the other Greek gods and clearing obstacles from his path home to Ithaca. She even held Don's horses so Odysseus and Penelope could have longer to get reacquainted on his first night home. The Trojan War lasted 10 years, and the journey home lasted 10 years. Ancient literature and mythology tells us that in many cultures, people have understood the recovery from war is a long and hazardous journey, after requiring, often requiring the guidance of a wise healer and the intervention of powerful gods and goddesses. Tim O'Brien's new book, The Things They Carried About Vietnam, suggests the recovery takes more than 20 years. I think when we recruit young men and women to go into the service, we need to be honest with them and also prepare to commit ourselves, their community, to a lifetime of honoring them and easing their way back into community because the conflicts we may ask them to engage in may injure them in ways that require as much as the rest of their lives to return home. As their community, let's write to our U.S. representatives and senators and ask them to truly honor the inherent worth and dignity of our veterans 
by fully funding benefits for those who have served in any branch of the mil military. You'll find in your orders of service a take-home handout with the names and addresses of our U.S. Senators and U.S. Representatives, assuming you live in Northwest Louisiana, uh, and the U.S. President, as well as a website for finding your state representative and state senator. A short, handwritten letter, polite, personal, to the point, signed with your address is the best, and your letter really can make a difference. Finally, we need to do whatever it takes to bring soldiers back from war, to help some deal with PTSD, to help them integrate back into our community. If it takes tra tra traversing strange waters to call them back home, that's what we'll do. Some combatants seem to have a relatively easy transition back into civilian life, but some soldiers do not. For some, the mind needs a guide, a community, a family, or professionals to help guide them across the turbulent waters of the return. Like Odysseus, needing help from above and beyond the ordinary efforts of immediate family, the journey home through the waters of the subconscious can be an arduous return. The community is needed to take on the challenges of PTSD, brain damage, amputation, employment, and reintegration into civilian life. Let's be that community.